Matthew. With me is Micah. Hey there, Micah. Hello, Matthew. So we at The Leap are like the expansion team this year. This is the end of the regular season for us. We are not moving on to the playoffs, but we will see you at Summer League. <laughs> so Dude, is anyone going to leap in the playoffs even, really? I, I don't think so. Yeah. That's why we... I was... No, it's like, are the playoffs too long, dude? Honestly? Uh, the first round is. It's just ridiculous. I was so excited, and now that two games have happened for everybody, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Same. not going to be... There's not going to be a single upset. Why are we Same. doing this? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we were talking about how we were... I was super excited going into like this last weekend, and then now I, I probably won't watch any more first-round games, quite honestly. You know, uh, one like here or there or something like that, or checking in on them, but I don't know. So because of that, the natural then extension, you know, it's like in a, in a blowout basketball game, you know, 20-point mm -hmm. lead in the fourth quarter, yeah. we, you find yourself, that's why we do this podcast, yes. Leap. We like, the, we like the guys that are in there for a couple minutes trying their hardest. So who's like your rooting interest in the playoffs since it's decided already? You know what I mean? The Memphis Grizzlies right now are the most <laughs> really? elite team in the playoffs to me. Okay. I mean, like Matt Barnes said, he was like, they're bringing spoons to a gunfight or something. I think that was his exact quote about facing off against the Spurs. And right. it's true. It's just a bunch of underdogs, if you could say that. You know, their team is totally depleted. I, they're the most interesting story to me right now. And they're the biggest non-story of the playoffs as well. Because they have the worst chance to actually win the series. I will say Boston somehow managed to look even worse than they have so far last night. They're making me sad. They got yeah. guys hobbled and then Avery Bradley injured. And it's, yeah, it's a sad turn of events for them, for sure. It's funny, too, because they're supposed to... Yeah, they're one of the big analytics teams, but they have like the most depressing non-scoring system yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's not working out right now. What's your leapiest team? Dude, good question. I'm finding myself liking the Miami Heat, I have to say. Mm. Not that they're like the leapiest, maybe. They're yeah. the three seed in the East, supposed to win their series, yep. you know. I don't know. I just like them, man. I, Whiteside's my guy. We talked about Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Uh, you know. Harkening back to the old days, Lou Dang has found his Lou, rhythm exactly. and his place. Bosh, I've always found enjoyable, and more so as time has gone on. I think he's like the most underrated. Yeah. I don't know. Guy per at his skill level. Too. Just the most underrated person. person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like smart enough to not act like a dummy all the time. So he doesn't <laughs> seem like a big star. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't do anything goofy. Yeah, I mean, like even in the tech spheres that I kind of. Oh, here we walk go. Walk in. Please. Someone just you... tweeted the other day about Chris Bosch. Like his web page looks awesome. And he also likes, you know, super hipster beer type things or whatever. And I'm like, OK, that's fine. But. That's kind of awesome that people are like getting turned on to Chris Bosch at least because he's well, like dude, a cool dude. If he's relevant in the tech world, then that means he's a superstar. <laughs> That's everything. Now. Yes. You know? <laughs> Some random programmer has heard of him finally. Uh, oh, well. So we're going to go ahead and do like a season wrap up and kind of look forward to next year and also kind of look forward to NBA Summer League this summer in Las Vegas because me and Micah will be there again. That is July 8th it starts. 
and we'll be there for the first two days of it and we are going to try to do a podcast each day of it to kind of cover the initial excitement and all the initial happenings and all of the amazing things that happen at nba summer league that are just the greatest gonna be your summer league source for like two days maybe three <laughs> no doubt i'm gonna go ahead and kick it off real quick micah Okay, this Please is kind of like one of my only backward-looking things from the season, and it happened really late in the season. Last week, Seth Curry against the Phoenix Suns had 20 points and 15 assists. Uh, him and his brother, I believe, are the last two people in the season to have over 20 points and over 15 assists in a game. And what I'm loving about it is... He looks a lot like Steph on the court. Like, one thing, because it's his brothers, so they look alike. But he's also doing a lot of Steph-type things. And then also, he was wearing a headband and is in a Sacramento Kings uniform. So he also looks like white chocolate, kind of, to me, too. Huh. Jason Williams, who we, we love. So he's like this perfect mix of <laughs> present and nostalgia. No, dude, I... That's funny because I, so yeah, I made a little list of honorable mention leaps from this year. Guys we didn't talk about who I feel like made decent leaps. We just never got to them. And looking back, you know, I was looking at every single player in the NBA over the last few days. And it's like, wow, we really managed to talk about every, almost everyone that's like, that's awesome. Even halfway relevant. Because that sounds exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So we exhausted our resources then. Yeah. I mean, there's only a hundred and some guys in the league, but yeah, even still, you know, amazing. But yeah, so Seth Curry is one of the four guys that I have on this list. He, in my mind, made a huge leap because obviously he's got the huge mantle, the burden of his brother's success. Yep. Uh, but he managed to step out from under that while not trying to equal it at all, mm. you know? Yep. And that was the thing that I thought would be his problem coming in is yeah. like trying to pull off exactly the same stuff, yep. do the same thing, be the light version of his brother. But he seems to have a totally, like, I don't know. There's something about his style that's a little bit more, like, relaxed. more Like, he has more pace, maybe, a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't know. They're just very different. And it's impressive to me that, yeah, like you say, he has relevance at all. Um, but they kind of don't look like each other to me. To me, he looks a lot more like Dell. I want to talk about Steph real, real quick. Steph Curry, uh, everyone raves about him. Obviously, he's, like, the greatest player in the NBA right now or whatever, you know, just take that as face value. But he's the first person <laughs> since Penny Hardaway that's made me kind of feel a certain way about a basketball player. I remember in fourth grade, I was so obsessed with Penny Hardaway that I used to write that on my papers. And I remember the teacher like calling out in the middle of class, like, who's Penny? Who wrote that as their name on their paper? And it was me. <laughs> um, Steph Curry's like the first person since Penny that just... I don't know. Gave me the feels is the best way I can say it, basically. So yeah, yeah. shout out to Steph this year. He's gotten enough shout outs, but I'll be happy to give him one more. No, dude. And, you know, I can kind of re- kind of relate because you know, people talk about Steph. Who does he compare to of the all time greats? You know, um, he reminds me way more of Allen Iverson than of MJ. Uh, and Allen Iverson was my Penny Hardaway, like yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. Just that type of dude who something about his game like totally spoke to me and inspired me on like a deeply personal level i've been getting like misty eyed ever reading all the little quotes and like reminisces since he got into the hall of fame yeah and steph is the first guy i think since then who's in a totally different way but Mm -hmm. able to capture that like singular i don't know doing my own style in the face of everyone else doing something different kind of thing 
Yeah. Uh, while also being tiny. That is the yeah. main thing here. <laughs> you know, Iverson, that was what was amazing about him. Tiny, but dominant. Steph, extremely skinny, frail, should have been injured by now, yes. somehow avoiding it all. Uh, it's just they both were able to kind of stay above the fray, even though they were two of the smallest guys on the court. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. But, dude, let me hit you with these other uh, honorable mention leaps from this year real quick. Okay, so along with Seth Curry, our boy, uh, Norm Powell. Did we talk about Norm Powell this year? I forgot. Yes, really quickly. Did? Yes. Okay. No, I was just going to say, his leap is totally insane to me, too. He actually is getting more minutes now than Terrence Ross. Uh, and let's see, who else? One of their other main wing players. Um, yeah, James Johnson isn't even playing for them. James Johnson's not even playing anymore. Yeah, he's yeah. been big stepping up since Damari Carroll's gotten hurt, basically, too. Precisely. So, yeah. So Norm Powell went from D-League at the beginning of the year, you know, wasn't even going to sniff the league. Yeah. So now he's basically like the second guy off the bench. Uh, yeah, the other night in their in the Raptors' 11-point win over the Pacers, he had their best plus, and mi- plus or minus score from the game, plus yep. 21. Um, I just love that dude, man. He's like Sean Kilpatrick, who we were talking about. Yes. Like, a, like a four-year college guy who was like, oh, wow, you were in college for four years. You got better every year. You're doing everything that coaching and managers <laughs> always want you to do. Right. But we'll pass. Exactly. <laughs> but he just kept plugging away and getting better. Uh, and so now he has earned his spot and he's going to get paid this off season for sure. Yeah. You were uh, super early on him. Yeah. Well, so Norm Powell. Okay. My next one on the honorable mention, Cristiano Felicio, oh. the power, the backup power forward for the Chicago Bulls. I've, I said this to you in text, but I just have to repeat it that he somehow managed to be the only guy in the entire Bulls organization who didn't come out looking worse this year. Yeah. who didn't hurt his stock this season. <laughs> He, like the Bulls, the most disappointing team in the league for sure, I think, hands down. Yeah. Besides for maybe the Rockets. So it's so amazing that there's anyone that came out looking like when he came on the court, it was like a breath of fresh air, yep. <laughs> you know, and he didn't even really do much, but very active. Uh, he lost weight over the season. He was mm-hmm. kind of a big body dude, a little bit like a Nene. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He's like the perfect dude that you want playing 20 minutes off the bench, basically. Yep. Um, so Felicio, my last honorable mention, Marcelo Huertas. Oh my gosh. Okay. A, a, another Brazilian I, I dude. I can't wait to hear this. Go ahead. Did you see him playing on the Lakers at all this year? Yeah, I saw some horrible, horrible highlights from him earlier in the season. So go ahead and bring me up to speed and tell me he's he's gotten better. He's gotten way better, dude. Okay. He's like, you know, he's gotten himself into that Pablo Prigioni role somehow a little bit. Where, like, over the course of the season, like Felicio on the Bulls, the Lakers were one of the most depressing teams in the league. Always disjointed, guys all over the place, no clear, you know, team plan ever or structure, really. It's, it's like a lot of young guys who weren't getting, like, any instruction because you had one. No coaching, point. yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So it just felt very disjointed. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but Huertas was the one guy who, like Felicio, came in and was, like, sort of brought some levity to the situation a little bit he does like a lot of this yeah like i say pablo prigioni he had this highlight where it just did a few weeks ago i don't know if you saw where uh let's see let me set it up it was like the lakers had no the team they were playing maybe it was the The hawks or something the heat yeah Yeah. you saw this they inbounded the ball where it just hid behind uh spolstra and then streaked for the ball (laughs) 
for a steal from behind. <laughs> it was classic. Um, it was classic, and I heard about that. Like, I watched the highlight, and also like heard about it multiple times from people that watch basketball either nominally or a whole bunch. So, like, it made a big See, imprint on the league. Precisely. Yes. That's what I'm saying. The dude made the leap into people's <laughs> hearts. You know, he's never going to be out of the league now. People always know him forever because of that. Dude, by the end of the year, yeah, he was like bringing stability when he would come off the bench. You know, he's very, he's somewhat solid. Wanted to ask this question yesterday. One way today, I have to ask it in a new way because it looks like the Timberwolves are signing uh, Tom Thibodeau to a five-year, ten million dollars a year deal to become coach and president of basketball operations. So the question yesterday was. The two main people they were looking at were Thibodeau and Jeff Van Gundy. So if you were the Timberwolves and you had to pick between the two to be coach and president of basketball operations, who would you pick? Well, <clears throat> can't yeah, go I wrong mean, with either, obviously. See, I don't know. I, I don't know how much I like really either one of those guys having too much say over all the roster stuff. This is... Yes, because they have such one-dimensional ideas about ta- like quality and talent in players. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I guess really neither. I see, they let Tibbs do both because mm-hmm. that was his demand. Yeah, <laughs> and he's at a, in a position to do that, which it, it'll probably work out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not really into that. And even the idea that one guy should do both, mm-hmm. you know, like I like the idea better of yeah, getting a friend or even someone else that he agrees with has worked with in the past. Yeah. But I don't know how that's going to work out. What do you think? Is I think it'll work out. Well, initially what I was thinking was kind of like Tibbs is, I'd rather have him as the coach and almost have Van Gundy as I feel better about him as president of basketball operations, but that was, it wasn't going to get split like that sadly or whatever. So I was kind of even on both of them, but I know that the Timberwolves are hiring the Spurs assistant GM to be their GM. Leyland so or something? Scott Leyland? Yeah. So I feel like Tibbs being president of basketball operations, all it means is that he won't have to get in a fight with Gar, you know, another version of Gar Pax, basically, the, uh, the front office for the Bulls. I feel like it's just like a final say for Tibbs. I don't know how involved he's going to be, but it kind of just gives him a trump card if he ever needs to use it, essentially. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we'll see how that, you know, yeah, now, uh, which I'm sure he likes it this way. But yeah, now any roster mistakes or personnel errors that they yeah. make in his tenure are going to completely be his fault. Yep. Uh, not that that matters more than anything, whose fault the mistakes are yeah but you know what i'm saying he doesn't have anyone else that can i don't know bring in that scouting eye no it makes me nervous just seeing the chip kelly situation in football last year with the precisely like a ingenious coach that tries to take over player personnel duties too and fails at it sadly so it's a little bit nerve-wracking because we love thibodeau and we love the young timberwolves they're amazing they're so set up but I, f- I feel like it's just like a small trump card, basically, that they're giving him coaching duties and also saying like, hey, no one's going to get in your way. OK, like last time with the Chicago Bulls. So how much? OK, so Tibbs, you said he got 10 mil a year Yeah. for five years, right? Yep. OK, 
Scott Brooks, who also just got hired or is about to get hired for seven mil a year by Washington. Did okay, you hear this? I didn't hear the number yet. Wow. Well, that's just what's getting thrown out there anyway. Um, okay, so that's pretty interesting. How my, my question to you is, Fred Hoiberg, yeah. first year as the Chicago Bulls coach. Yeah. The team disappointed, big time. Very embarrassing to everyone. Uh, how much of that 10 mil did Fred Hoiberg make for Tom Thibodeau this year? Oh <laughs> my, my point gosh. is, if yes. the Bulls hadn't fallen off so hard, would he be getting 10 mil a year? No, not even close. Not Probably even not, close. Right? Not, as much, not as much leverage as he has, too, right now. Yeah. Dude, even 7 million a year yeah. would have been a lot. That's a ton for a coach. Scott Brooks, interestingly, similar situation. That's yep. my point. Yeah. Billy, oh, that's Billy interesting. Donovan yep. took over the Thunder. Had, you know, not a disappointing year, but yep. a little bit of a down year, a little bit of up and down, uh, and made Scott Brooks look really good. Yep. <laughs> and yep. So now he's getting a lot. It's interesting. So. Huh. I like it. After coaching, my next thing that I've got is <laughs> possible leap candidates for next year who I'm excited about. I'll make these quick. We might have mentioned these earlier in the year. Okay, number one, a guy who I thought was going to make a leap this year, Mario Hazonia, the Croatian shooting guard yeah, from the yeah. Orlando Magic. Um, yeah, the Magic are kind of in that Minnesota Timberwolves area a little bit right now of being right on the cusp. They actually have a ton of money also, I don't know if you realize, yep. uh, coming up next year. Um, so if they can get a good coach, uh, I could see Hazonia is just like the guy that they need exactly shooting reliable shooting all the time i can see him doing well yeah they're year. trying to like uh rumors of them trying to reunite the gator boys my favorite al horford joe came noah there because they got money it's florida yeah we'll wow. see though yeah sorry wow. keep going keep no day- i didn't know about that dreaming on that because <laughs> i have been doing that hard for the last couple months ever since i heard about it but yeah keep going Man, that would be cool actually right huh. yeah um okay Next one, another guy that we talked about really briefly, Jordan Mickey, backup power forward for the Boston Celtics. Wow, yeah. So just talking really quickly about coaching philosophies and stuff, Brad Stevens from the Celtics, he's a guy like Tibbs, like Popovich, like Van Gundy, who has somewhat of a one-dimensional idea of what his players should fit into. Anyway, this guy, Jordan Mickey, was a D-league guy. He was, I don't know if you remember him in college, but he was just sort of like, Another LSU power forward, nameless LSU power forward that can jump out of the gym, crazy but hops. Yep. isn't really skilled ever. Anyway, for whatever reason, Stevens just loves Jordan Mickey and was really excited to bring him up from the D-League earlier this year. He didn't get a lot of playing time. His career highlight so far is when he got uh, three blocks in four seconds <laughs> uh, towards the end of the season. Um, but he's like the perfect defensive power forward for a brad stevens type of team yeah i could see him making a leap next year being useful nice um dante exum for the jazz i expect big big things from him next year do you i do just because here's why he's still like skill level who knows where what he'll be able to come in and contribute at yep but the jazz are another team that's right on the cusp of getting much better potentially and we've talked about this several times this year, but what's the one hole in their roster? Yeah, point, point guard. guard. Yep. So there's not tons of pressure on him to deliver right away. You yeah. know, he, he can come in next year after the injury all year and just do whatever. Shelvin Mack is solid. Yep. I think it's like the ideal situation for him to 
you know, get his bearings. I mean, just like a league average point guard on that team. So my like Mr. Average I brought up in the leap, if you put him on their team, like they'd be like so good right now. If you just put Corey Joseph as their starting point guard, you know, just like basically Mr. Average point guard. Well, be so much better. When there's a when there's a call for Mr. Average, Shelvin Mack is there to answer that call. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, and then also Kyle Anderson, dude. I was reading. I know that he was supposed to make a bigger leap for the Spurs this year. I'm waiting. We're all waiting, right? Yep. But I was reading about Kawhi Leonard the other day. He won his second straight Defensive Player of the Year. There was just a big piece on him, several, lots of big articles about him. The guy's a legend already. Yeah, he loves um, the spotlight, so he was, you know, <laughs> talking to media, doing every appearance well, possible. Yeah, Exactly. That's why articles about him are so fascinating, <laughs> because you don't know anything about him at all. Because <laughs> you know uh, that they didn't talk to him at all, basically. They're trying right. to, like, pull pieces together. Yeah. They had to, like, you know, file federal Freedom of Information <laughs> Act requests, <laughs> you know. Um but anyway, so they were talking. Yeah, it's uh, Kawhi had a really slow build. You know, he yep. went a couple years there where he was what his first year he scored like three points a game. Next year he was like at ten or something like that. Um, even still, his career high is only thirty three points. Basically, the coaching staff from the jump, like, just looked at him like uh, a building block. Right? Yeah. Um, he was a bad shooter in college, but they had a scout who saw him shooting, and was like, "Oh, he's got a solid base." You know, he lifts his arms the right way. You know what I mean? Like, his form was perfect, and so they just saw him as that template. My point is, they're willing to do the slow burn with their stars because they're expecting, like, long-term investment. Yep. So Kyle Anderson on any other team would have been seen as kind of a bust this year. Think about Kyle Anderson on any other team, yep. right? He was Thank supposed you. to get way better. If you're the Dallas Mavericks and Kyle Anderson, your exciting rookie or young guy that you're hopeful about, has a bad year like this, you're getting rid of him. Such a good right? point. Yes. He's like, he's already yes. a wash up. Okay. Yep. So my point is the Spurs, they don't care. They know that he's still slowly improving. And I expect him to capitalize on that next year. Nice. I like that. And I like the point about if anyone didn't make some sort of, if you only made an incremental leap or didn't leap at all, kind of, you know, as like a young player, most teams would be just done with you. Fan base yeah. would be done with you. But I like, I mean, that's obviously the magic of the Spurs organization, so. And I guess I'm saying it's not just because they happen to also be stacked with talent. It's like their actual development philosophy, yeah. which is pretty interesting in the NBA nowadays. Yeah. I'm going to hop off that since you were talking about Kawhi. One of the leaps I'm seeing and that will be leaping in the future is Brand Jordan. Michael Jordan's Nike brand. You just oh. gave me the craziest look. Okay, I thought maybe because you just vehemently de disagreed. Yeah, dude, I thought you were talking about some high school player who had been named Brand, and I was just getting oh like gosh. shocked. Oh, there's got to be a kid out there. There's right some now that's kid out there brand named Jordan. Brand Jordan yeah. for sure. So good. And that kid's poor name shows up in the yearbook like Jordan Brand. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, go ahead. So, so two points on Brand Jordan. Number one, Kawhi. You mentioned he just won his uh, second Defensive Player of the Year award. And also, have you seen the Brand Jordan Kawhi Leonard collection? No. Have you seen this yet? Like, he's got his own Brand Jordan kind of line of clothes now. And Does everything. he have, like, a logo and stuff? No, I haven't yes, seen it. Yes, interesting that you say that. Guess what the logo is? A claw. 
Oh my gosh, you're insane. Yes. It's That's just his nickname. His, yeah, it's just his hand. And it's the Dude, tightest of thing ever because like it gets turned into like a KL for his initials, so it actually kind of like looks legit. Um, I don't know. I want to see Kawhi's Jordan brand kind of take the world by storm and kind of every like super in basketball, you know, whatever watcher or whatever to start rocking that stuff because the logo is awesome the claw is awesome and then what you're representing Kawhi specifically is also awesome so i want to take see that brand take the leap okay you're actually this is a totally genius point and i can't believe i didn't know about this stuff already because i would have bought all of this Kawhi (laughs) stuff but that would make it like the most like yeah he's yeah he's like the most like punk rock yeah sort of logo yeah (laughs) that you could have yeah (laughs) oh the only thing that could make it better is if somehow they worked his braids and you know his cornrows (laughs) into the logo you know (laughs) those braids are forever man i know those are locked in yeah uh and then the second thing for brand jordan the nba jerseys are switching to nike and then also we know they're gonna have like ads on them and everything but I believe just for Charlotte, instead of the Nike logo, Adam Silver said it's likely that the Hornets will have the brand Jordan logo on there specifically. That's a nice coup. I mean, obviously he's the owner, but that's big to be like the only team that has a different logo on their jersey and it to happen to be Michael Jordan, the owner of the team, the greatest basketball player ever. And I don't know, it's huge. It's huge. So I'm 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 seeing a big leap from Brand Jordan uh, in the next year or two. I've got one super sleeper that I'll, that I'll get to that I'm excited to see in Summer League. That I, I wonder if you've heard about him before. I assume Ooh. you have. But uh, so the one super sleeper, yet not sleeper because he's more of a YouTube sensation, is Thon Maker. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, going to ask you what you thought of him. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you that have or haven't seen him, he's, he's seven one. He's 218 pounds. He basically looks like minute bowl, but he has these mixtapes mixtapes on YouTube that are like point guard style mixtapes. Like he's like a guard trapped in a center's body, essentially. Um, but in 75 games, he's he, he doesn't have great stats. He shot just over 30% from deep, um, shot 71% from the free throw line, had only 50 assists uh, in comparison to having 171 turnovers. That is not a good ratio at all. Um, and I think people, the buzz has been that people are kind of like down on him and that he'll spend, you know, his first couple years in the D League. But, you know, he could totally flame out, but rarely do i see people that have like this high of an upside the chance it all comes together is really low but i don't know he's he's crazy and i really hope we get to see him at summer league because i want to see what this dude looks like up close and in person what about you oh yeah that's so yeah thon and also uh scal labissier i don't know how you say his name from kentucky Yeah, yeah that dude too both of these guys it's pretty rare in today's NBA, especially when scouting is so advanced for two guys, you know, Don is a little bit more of a work in progress, but he's got all these weird natural skills all over the place. And he happens to be seven feet tall. <laughs> yes. But this other dude, Scal from Kentucky, he's like a natural scorer. Like, I don't know. I guess 
I don't understand. And, and they're both projected to go in the bottom half of the first round. Yeah. So I can't tell why. Because it seems like they could both be instantly intriguing in their own way. Yeah, Scale came in to the year uh, as a freshman as the top-rated prospect. He went to Kentucky. He just looked super lethargic and uh, and didn't really look like he knew what he was doing, even at the end of the year when he played a lot. Oh, those are just my two sleeper picks for yeah. the draft, guys that I'm kind of interested in. Uh, I'm probably yeah. as excited about seeing them at Summer League as like Simmons and Heald and all that stuff, though. It definitely helps him, too, that like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who maybe is like he's most similar to. Yes. They're both such extreme wild cards yeah. and no one really is expecting them to do much that they're like in the best possible situation almost. Yeah. The other thing I'm looking forward to in Summer League is uh, Becky Hammond. I want to see the Spurs repeat as Summer League champs and see how much more uh, she picks up some head coaching steam. That's funny. I was just looking up on eBay today whether there was a Becky Hammond bobblehead yet. Dude, <laughs> Turns how, out there hasn't been one. How tight would it be if we got like Becky Hammond jerseys and wore those to Summer League? Would we be the only ones? Dude that would be all right okay, that's shirt cool. one that's day cool. and then the hammond shirt the next day dude that's cool in theory but at the same time that w- we're just asking to get like clowned on dead spin like <laughs> as like the two guys at summer league trying the hardest you know <laughs> but it would be really cool <clears throat> whatever whatever I'm very excited. We're going to be podcasting from whatever, like, the coldest, darkest room in all of Vegas is. <laughs> Definitely. Vegas in July is just a total hellish nightmare. It's, it's baking. Yeah, it's baking. But uh, until then, uh, take care and thank you for listening. You can support us by subscribing or leaving a review. And we'll see you guys in a couple months. Thanks for keeping up, y'all. Peace. Later.